0: Welcome back to Absurdity. Uh, I am joined in my studio slash office space. I use those words interchangeably when talking about it uh, with Tony, as always. Um, I just love that you're here, like in yeah. town. Yeah. Um. And yet we still struggle to get together to record.
1: <laughs> you know, I was thinking about the other day, man. This This has been a heck of a year, dude. It is. We've had so many... I'm 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 honestly amazed that we're still going. Like the fact that we're still here. I, think I mean, some
0: there. who've been desperate for me to edit and release episodes on time are probably wondering, like,
1: yeah. are, they still, are going? they still going? Is this the end? <laughs> we are. Um, I that, like, that's a bit of a minor miracle, man. Just between what, just everything, you know, COVID and, and yep. Kendall and all that. It's just it's it's been it's been crazy. Yeah, and, and just. I mean, we've talked about the burnout and everything, but just just like all those things happening at once. Like, if any one of those things had happened, it would have been like detrimental. Like, it would have caused issues. Mm-hmm. But it's like having all those happen. The fact that yeah, we're here, we're getting together, yeah, you know, we're able to record. Like, it, it's it's and the, it's good. And
0: the only thing I can say regarding is this the end of absurdity? No, um, no. The while there have been times, even across the last four years, not even just this year, but like there have been times where I go, I should just shut everything down so I can yeah. have my free time back. Yeah. Um, no, i never have intent of shutting this down. The only thing I can say is this year has been very difficult. And while, yes, um, I can tell you that I'm doing my best and hopefully it will never happen again. As far as me falling behind, um, it may still happen again. Still so happen. Yeah.
1: just please be patient with us. <laughs> um, it just, we're working with you guys. We love yeah, you guys. The, the most so recent glad to have you.
0: The most recent issue, other than I work at a university and it's been the few last few weeks before school, so all the last-minute stuff. I work in recruiting, so yeah. I'm working directly with those families. Um, in addition to that, I've started to have nerve compression issues and uh, in both of my arms that make it very hard to use a computer. <laughs> so, which is um, like
1: you know, yeah, eighty percent of your job, yeah, and then a hundred percent. Accurate. And um, YouTube I've, and the yeah, so network, so.
0: At the point that we're recording this, I've done everything that you could possibly think of: yeah. braces, yeah. Um, not like teeth braces, but like elbow and wrist braces when I sleep. Uh, new, ma- new mouse, new keyboard, new chair, exercises. new sitting positions. No longer resting on my arms. Like there's just exercises and stretches, physical therapy, you name it. And so the next step is nerve conduction studies to see if there's anything else. Um, we
1: haven't tried voodoo. Yes, but correct. I don't think that that's going to um, work, just because yeah. it's ulnar nerve damage. I just
0: don't see what the Goo Goo Dolls have to do with this, and not
1: the destruction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good music. <laughs> good, music
0: good music, though. Yes, good absolutely. Uh, Iris, good legendary good song. song. Even if you're over, even if it's overplayed, um, I mean, uh, not what is anymore. It,
1: what isn't overplayed? Like it's, it's definitely music. not Fireflies good, by Owl City. I yeah, will tell you that. No, good, <laughs> good music just gets overplayed. It just does because mm-hmm. people are like, "Oh, I like this bops," and then they they go for yes. it so did you like that he used the word bop
0: i did kid's bop and this is actually all of absurdity the last four years are just to build up to this advertisement for kids bop
1: getting eighty thousand dollars. kids
0: bop 23
1: Uh, (laughs) no the uh 23 we're we're up to like the 40s now accurate so hey uh if you did not know
0: the absurd podcast network has merchandise we just got face masks i have been waiting to talk about them until i got them because i don't I didn't know what their quality would be so I they, ordered some samples.
1: Wicked cool man. They
0: look great. Um they're probably not the best if you work in it if you if you're going to wear them in in an environment where you are needing to like talk a lot. But if you're just going shopping or like for me walking into work, um if I need to sit at my desk with it, great. Um
1: It's it's a good one so. to do, you know, to keep with you. You know, if you're if you're going to be on a trip or traveling, um you know, I always have a mask. It's weird. The, the new normal. I always have what I call like my traveling yeah. mask. And um, so that that's, you know, sorry, that one, that's going to be my like traveling mask. Like I just have it, like if I need to go to the grocery store or something, or, um, you know, just even going down yep. to do laundry, you know, in a building, just, hey, you know, if I'm going to be around people, but I don't need to talk, let me just yep. grab this. That's, it's perfect for that.
0: Um, and just so everyone knows, I know that, that w- they may feel a little expensive. I make very little of the amount that you are buying it for. I cut my profit off of them very, very low. Because I know that masks are expensive um, and it already sucks to have to buy them. So, yeah. Um, But, yeah, all the money helps us make this happen and um, it helps me keep the lights on. Um, so, yes, it is very much appreciated. So, go check that out. Go check out my YouTube channel uh, that I've been very active on. I need 1,000 subscribers. I'm at 421 right now. Um, and climbing I need 4,000 watch hours. And I'm about a fourth of the way there at 1,000. So, yeah, just we're just keeping on, keep it on. Um, and this is the hard part. This is the part where like all of my friends on Facebook and like all the people that I know, um, they've already subscribed. So like that's already tapped out. Like all yeah. the people that would subscribe from that group of people is Yeah. So all that rush is over. And now really this is the kind of do where this is kind of like the test of not just how serious am I about the YouTube content, but what um is this
1: gonna pick up is, is this gonna really gonna pick momentum? up and work? Yeah. Correct.
0: Yeah. And so hopefully that does, but we'll see. Um but yeah, any support, subscribing, just just click the subscribe button. Just do it. Um because that actually helps me. Later on, probably not, but right now I just need to get to a yeah. thousand. So help me get there. But um, so yeah, we're talking um today about a really fun concept that everyone just loves. Yep, this is the
1: greatest one. Stewardship. No, I'm I'm kidding. <laughs> well,
0: I'm, I can't now I don't know which one is worse to talk about. Um but Tony, you're the one who came up with the idea to talk about this. Yes. I would love to hear like what made you want to talk about church discipline.
1: So well, you know, right right off the bat, um there were just a couple cases um i was taking a class over the summer and one of the guys in the class was talking about a situation where he had to um enact church discipline or or get those the gears of church discipline started and um yeah we had some conversations about that in the class it was a leadership uh, class um there were a couple cases uh that I knew about over the summer. Um, One of them pretty high profile, another one, not so much Um, where it, it came out. Um, and in, in two of those instances, and there were, there you know, I mean, it's been something that I've been wanting to think about and talk about and bring up for absurdity. I didn't really have an angle to bring it from, which is kind of the issue we have a lot of times, um, when, when coming up with our, our episode ideas, it's like, yeah, but, but what is it, what makes this an absurdity? You know what I mean? We do, we don't just pick up stuff and be like, Hey, that street is straight. Let's talk about streets that curve. You know, it, yeah. it has to, there has to be a reason, absurd reason for bringing it up, um, that is, you know, hooey, and and requires a great deal of, uh,
0: uh, oh, I can't remember what the other yeah. word was. No, hooey. It's and, me, no,
1: um, credulity. It begs. Yes, yeah, it begs, begs credulity. credulity. Yes. Um, but but it it honestly it was like, all right, well, you know, there's not really a good reason to to talk about it, to bring it up, and then you know, just with these different things, I said, you know what, I think we need to talk about it. You know, I think we just need to bring it up and and talk about, um, you know, is is the way that we enact this um, needed. And what is it? You know, what, what is yeah. actually church discipline?
0: Um, and we are talking about it from within the framework from, uh, of the, the Adventist church, yes, which is our denomination. Um, that's just because that's the most uh, like integral understanding that we have of it personally. Um, but,
1: but I think this applies to any, the principle. Yeah. The, the things that we Christian. would have
0: church discipline on, yeah, like any yeah. other church would probably have yeah. them on, have it on.
1: And, and I think to, to, one of the things that I want to do, so we're going to go through for, for us specifically the, the Seventh-day Adventist church manual of what you can and can't have discipline on. And I want to discuss that, you know, we want to mm-hmm. open that up. But then more than anything else, I want to talk about these concept of church discipline. Like, why is it there? What's it for? Um, and why should we use it? And it, to me, I think that's where the absurdity um, kind of catches um, because— I think it's obvious we need some sort of a church discipline. Um, and so for that reason, well, uh, we can talk about whether or not we need it. <laughs> yeah. We'll bring that up. But but so as we always do when we start, um, let's define it.
0: Yes. Um, so what so are we talking it about? Is a pronoun that you, I'm just kidding. Um,
1: can you spell it? It. Uh, da, da, uh, uh.
0: <laughs> we're we're third graders. Um. So the I got held back. The definition. W- did you did you find this as like a textbook, like dictionary.com definition? Literally,
1: so literally, I just uh, Google. Yeah.
0: So okay. Dictionary. Cool. Dictionary. Just wanted to make sure that this gives us like a, a baseline because yeah, there's actually some things that I would disagree about this definition, but it, it um, was
1: yeah. It was so if you turn to me, I think the best way. If you go to Merriman, yeah, it's going to give you a bunch of stuff, but it's like, if you just Google it the way most people are going to Google it. Yeah, this is what you get. This is what you get. Or if you input it into a search engine.
0: Yeah. Uh, So it says, the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior using punishment to correct disobedience.
1: Um, So that is the almighty Google telling us what discipline is.
0: I, I would, here's, here's.
1: Darest thou to disagree with Cooper?
0: Yeah, um, I see this as um, I understand the training. Yeah, to some like I understand all of the wording here. I don't like the word punishment here. I would rather use like measured consequences rather than
1: intentional consequences. Yeah, yeah.
0: like these are these are so everything that you do has a natural consequence. It could be like a good consequence or you know a be, like it has a result. Every, every has, a, has
1: yeah. an equal opposite reaction.
0: So yeah. it could have be anything, but it you know if you do something bad there are likely going to be bad consequences for it. Um, And within the church, the idea becomes then, okay, they may have bad consequences for doing the thing that they did. Um, However, that also impacted their relationship or their standing here with the community because they broke. When you join a church, regardless of your denomination, especially when you do it through baptism, um, you've done it. You've made a commitment and a covenant, not just with God, but like, You've made that commitment to God and by doing it publicly through baptism and by, you know, being a part of and becoming a member, you are now asking those people to hold you accountable. You've you've, you've made a covenant with them to be on this journey together. Yeah. Yeah. So when you do something, even if you're facing consequences for it there, you're going to face consequences for it in the church. The difference is that with the church, the church actually has to decide to dole out those consequences. Yeah. They actually have to go that that length, it's,
1: it's corporate accountability. Yep, like it's it's we as a group are holding you accountable to what we have said, and it sucks for everyone. Yeah, yeah,
0: it, it absolutely it sucks for everyone.
1: Um, and by and with covenant, you know, we're talking about like a solemn. It's it's a it's a spiritual contract. You know, it's a spiritual agreement that yep. that God is also involved in.
0: So yeah. I, I I what I don't like about this, I guess, is that. It seems so negative, or so like I'm trying to basically create a robot out of this. Um, yeah, it's just so yeah. objective that it's yeah. cold.
1: And I think, and I think why that's significant, and why I put it in there, is because I think that is our cons, not our conceptual idea of conceptual conceptual idea of what. Yeah. Um, Church discipline ought to be, but I think it's definitely our working. Yeah. See, the, the undergird of it. Yeah. And Cause I, and, like for
0: me, I see discipline within the lens of not correct behavior or not to so much as correct a journey. So, um, I think discipline, I guess this is just my personal view, but I would see discipline as I see the person that you could be, or as a parent, I see um, the person that I. Am trying to raise you to be, and you are making decisions that are that are not in line with that vision, whether it's the vision that you have shared with me of who you want to be, or it's, you know, a vision, you know, as a parent, as what I what I hope for you and want for you. And so discipline is a means of correcting behavior to arrive at that point of. So it's meant to grow you and move you in the right direction rather than simply, you know, getting you to obey rules or a code of behavior. So the way that I would view discipline and maybe it's just semantics at that point. But I I really do think there's a perspective shift between getting someone to just obey rules and play and play ball versus someone who is um, seeing saying the decision you've made hurt us. Yeah. And it's not in line with who you shared with me that you want to be or who you want, who you were striving to be. And who God is calling you to be, this and so we're gonna do this thing, whatever the discipline is, in order to get you in the right direction and help help you see the error, or understand the consequences of your actions, if that makes sense.
1: Uh, I, I, yeah, I could see that for sure. Um, I think that's that's smart. I think that's the way it's supposed to be, but I don't think in I think in practice, unfortunately, oh the yeah, the way absolutely. that it gets used is. <laughs> <laughs> it's Correct the Google way. So all right. So let's talk about for specifically the SDA church, um, what um discipline looks like. So there are uh there's a whole chapter, specifically chapter seven, um that is on it, uh pages uh, eleven pages, fifty six to sixty seven. Um this is back from two thousand ten. Um I didn't have the latest one.
0: You do me. know that you can google that yeah, when know, you were writing this online. you told me you, you didn't have online yeah. yeah and you didn't have internet i didn't
1: have internet at the time so i was i'd use the, the physical copy that i had um nothing much changed I'm if just, anything I'm just like feeling it in my hand you know it's just yeah I just the
0: real book you it's know it's 2020 the everyone's the getting their kindle and their e-readers the graininess of it yeah i gotta um, feel the texture yeah the binding. 70
1: millimeter, man. That's what it's all about. Um, so there there are 13 reasons. Uh, and it's basically the same. I, I it, it has not changed, so I, I kept it. Um, Thirteen. Would reasons, it be 13
0: reasons why?
1: Yes, it would be 13 reasons <laughs> why. Um, so there are 13 reasons that you could, uh, or 13 actions that uh, you would look at for discipline. So the first one is a denial of faith. Um, you specifically, um, you know, are, you know, denying that Jesus exists or the church or whatever. So denial of faith, uh, violation of God's law. And here it's I I'm specifically referring to like the commandments, mm-hmm. um, that type of a thing, um, specifically adultery, breaking of the seventh commandment, um, sexual abuse, any type of sexual abuse, uh, remarriage after divorce, physical violence, um, Fraud or embezzlement is probably a better term, um, but any type of fraud in, in business. Uh, disorderly conduct, participation in a disloyal movement or organization. I thought that was interesting. Uh, persistent disobedience of church authority. The use, manufacture, or sale of alcoholic beverages. The use, manufacture, or sale of tobacco in any of its forms. And the use, manufacture, or distribution of illicit drugs and those are the thirteen.
0: Yeah, and and just so we're clear with discipline here, there there are two main forms of what that discipline yeah, looks right. like with the advent. It's and really it. two escalations and, and that's kind the, and of that's it. That's really it. Um which means that for some of the quote smaller stuff, um the it, it's got to get to a. It's got to get to a certain point. So there is a. There is a kind of assumed process where people will follow, yeah. like Matthew eighteen, for example, of talk to one. Uh, talk to a brother. Hold them accountable. If that doesn't work, take a witness. If that doesn't work, then you bring into the whole. You know, so so yeah. it's this whole. Um, and they
1: have a. And the, and the manual goes through that process. Yeah. Correct.
0: And so there's all of that, and then you get to the two levels that the manual would call for in regards to, yeah. um, holding them accountable to the corporate body. So when you talk about like violation of God's law, um, a, some of this stuff is a little bit more gray. There are some people that would strongly, and there are leaders with, you know, authority and that would, that would disagree that uh-huh. you can't, you know, you can or can't go out to eat on Sabbath. Yeah. And so yeah. within, and so the question, do you discipline it? Like, you know, some churches would discipline that others wouldn't. Um, uh, but like the idea being, how far do you have to go in some of these, or how much of a repeat offender do you have to be to get there? And and I guess the idea would be, when people have confronted you on it, and really, if it's the whole, if it, the the problem with discipline, or not the problem, I, this is by design, and to some degree, it's good. Is really, it has to get to the point that the that the community, the church community, really does want to proceed with a disciplinary action. Yeah. So. It basically, you essentially have until you tick off enough people that this gets brought before the church that's right. essentially what yeah. you have so sexual so the yeah. the
1: idea is regardless of how many times you do it, if one person sees you do it and they come and confront you, they then if you do not apologize for it or you don't stop it whatever that action was, they then bring a second person, Matthew 18. We talked about this on Mm -hmm. on the show. Um, And then they then bring it before the entire church body and the church body decides um, what's going on. And then if you don't listen to them, then they would in theory enact Mm -hmm. church discipline. Um, Which also two, means two, that
0: whoever saw you do something wrong also kind of has to essentially prove a case uh, right, with yeah, the church to say, me, right? It can't mm-hmm. just be,
1: it can't, you know, this isn't Soviet Russia in the you know '70s where it's just like he's against the. I won't go there. Yeah, um, but but you basically have to be able to present evidence, and you have to do it in a way that not only convinces one of the leaders of the church, um, who will go then go and say like, oh yeah, this is definitely happening. You also have to do it in a way that convinces everyone in the church mm-hmm. um and so this is significant. There's only two ways you can do it. The first one's called censure, and um essentially it's letting everyone know that you are um not your 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 actions do not matt uh are not in line with the church correct are not in line with Christian beliefs and what we as a group of of believers. Um, have accepted as acceptable behavior. And then, um, and this is I think is the big one, you can't hold under censure, you can't hold any leadership positions.
0: You won't be preaching in church. You won't be yes. teaching. You won't hold any sort of position with authority. Yeah. Theoretically, Theoretically,
1: correct. Um, All of this
0: relies on the church actually following through on whatever their vote is.
1: Yeah, and 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 okay, so the second one, uh, which this is persistent, you are doing something that is endangering yourself, or other people, um, either spiritually, physically, or so on, and that then you would have what's called removal of membership, which used to be called disfellowship. Um, And this is very different from, like, excommunication. um, Excommunicado. John Wick. Um, Mr. Wick. So we... (laughs) Such a a good series. Um, You have broken the code.
0: The, the big fight scene in the third movie, apparently he had like a 103 degree fever while he filmed that. Goodbye,
1: John. I, I That does not surprise me at all. Nope. Keanu, Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves is, is crazy. He's like superhuman, man. He's the closest thing I think we have to like a superhero. I can agree with that. Um. So this idea of disfellowship, it's not talking about your spiritual life. This is simply saying that we will not allow you mm-hmm. to be a member of our church anymore. Your yep. actions have proven that you cannot be in line. And we do not want you representing us to the world. And
0: there's another key thing here, too, to say that censorship. So so there's, there's this idea of being a member in regular standing, not good yeah, standing, yeah. regular standing. There's no good standing. It's just regular standing. You're a member, which means that you're afforded all the benefits of being a member. Yeah. You can transfer between churches and no one can stop it. You can do pretty much anything that a member can do. Censorship is a year-long probationary period. And right. we and try to thing say thing it's not... temporary. And they it's say that not it's not permanent. probation, but it's probation. It's probation. It's probation. Um, so it's a year-long stint where at the end of it, the church then has to reopen the case. And two things are very important with censorship. Number one, uh, the, two things are very important. You have to be notified that the meeting is happening yep. as the person that's being voted on. You have a right voted to defend on. yourself. You have a right to defend yourself and... Before censorship turns into removal of membership, you there has to be another meeting that takes yes. place to actually evaluate Separate everything. One.
1: They cannot it end. It's uh, not like a
0: year after a year, if you haven't changed, you're automatically going to a removal of membership.
1: Now, there are some, I think, like, you know, physical or, or sexual abuse like that. That would go straight to disfellowship. Um, but for the most part, it goes through censorship. Yeah. And so you you need to be informed of both. Now, um, if it were to go straight to disfellowship, like that would be the only meeting. But yeah.
0: yeah, the what's interesting to me is like there's a lot of these that removal we just,
1: of membership
0: we just don't do anything about anymore really. No, yeah. Um, except I I, yeah. I think I could see it happening in more in like other countries, but in Western Adventism and European, um, in kind of the more developed world, um, there's a lot less of these. Um, so for example. Uh, there was a time where like if you technically there, there's an interpretation, thanks to Ellen White and thanks to manual and everything else about the use, manufacture or sale of alcoholic beverages or tobacco um, in any of its forms where they would say, well, then you can't work at a gas station. You can't work at a yeah. liquor store. You yeah. can't work at a Walmart, yeah. a Target, anywhere that sells.
1: I remember, I um, remember there was because a, there were people that had a problem with me working at a Kroger because yep. they, it sold liquor. Correct. And so I was 15 and I could legally not sell liquor. They still had an issue with it.
0: And the biggest irony to me about that is like typically the people that would be have that stance on this are also people that and I'm not saying all just saying uh, tend to also be people that would say like pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You can get a job. You just haven't tried hard enough. You just have you know, you need to uh, lower your standards as to what job you get. Like it's your fault that you don't have money. Um, but then they tell you that you can't work at like eighty percent of the places that you would be able to get a job. Um, that, are there, that that's there, and hilarious. And some places to me. that
1: would put caffeine on that list uh-huh. as an illicit drug. So yeah, yes.
0: Um, and You'd then you know, uh, re- remarriage after divorce. How many pastors do we have that are remarried after uh, a divorce? I will say specifically
1: um, that it's uh, remarriage if the other party is is not proven to be unfaithful.
0: Correct. And so by the church's a, definition process, of that it would yeah. be even if you divorced you would still theoretically not be allowed to like marry someone else unless the other person while divorced slept with someone else got remarried yeah. that kind of deal. Then
1: yeah. you would be free. When if, the other person remarries then you can yeah. marry. So it's thing. kind of like this uh who holds out longer <laughs> or or if they divorce you. Like if you are not the person who has been divorced um they can you can remarry. Yeah. Like if they divorce you, you can, you can, but there's even in that, there's still a long, um, yep. I took a whole class in this. There's still a long process that you have to go through where Correct. you have to like check. So some of this
0: sure. stuff, like don't panic. Um, one big thing with the manual while well, yes, a lot of this stuff is outlined and this is the process you must follow in specific instances. A lot of it is also recommendations and yeah. guide and guidelines that are helpful to you, but They're more like,
1: Guidelines.
0: It almost feels like, like like 80% of the church manual is a guideline, whereas the other twenty percent is stuff that like no, this is how no, this, this is done. True policy, and, yeah. 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 Um so it's a mix of that and it's and it's well, left and,
1: broad on purpose. And even policy is there for protection. Yes. Policy is there to protect the church and members of the church um, from people abusing the system mm-hmm. like it's policy, is there for when there is problems when things are going well and it's and it's amicable and and you know i think that measures of grace are supposed to be used but I, you know we, we can talk about that a little bit further but i think that's the biggest issue is that um you know people don't realize really that it doesn't have to be hard and fast
0: Sorry, I got distracted because my dog was chewing. I thought she, she had a toy in front of her. She's sitting next to me. and This entire time, I thought she was chewing her toy. No, 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 no. She was chewing a towel that I've actually been using wrapped up into like a, like just rolled up into a wrist support that fell on the floor, and she's been chewing that for the last 10 minutes. I had
1: no idea that that, okay. and, and I watched her do I, it. I yeah. feel really bad because I watched her do it, and I was like, oh. It wasn't
0: until you noticed and you gave this look like, that doesn't look right that I realized it. And so I got very distracted there. I apologize, everyone.
1: No, I, I, um, so, okay. So let me explain why this is important about, so this, this is the, the, so we talked about like at the beginning with the definition of discipline is according to Google. This is according to the minister's handbook, which is kind of, this is absolutely a hundred percent, a book of guidelines. This is what they say. So chapter 28, uh, is all devoted to church discipline uh pages 155 to 159 says this discipline should not be considered or should be considered not an act of punishment but an attempt to restore people to discipleship right yep. and it goes on that's that's such a perfect phrase for it it goes on to talk about it a lot more basically the idea is you want people to be in a place where they can grow with god mm-hmm. and church discipline should be used to get people to a place where they can grow when they are mm-hmm. clearly in a place they're doing things that are preventing them from being able to grow correct and so these are the things that um, that it's important to talk about. And to me, I think that phrase, just that, that paragraph, um, well, it's not even a paragraph. That phrase, I think, just encapsulates so well what we're doing wrong as a church and what the mentality ought to be. Mm-hmm. Because it's saying there, Church discipline shouldn't be to protect the church necessarily. It shouldn't necessarily be to tell someone that they're doing bad. It should be used to restore. Mm-hmm. Well, and
0: I think there's something to be said about not necessarily protecting the church, but the church is, I I, I hesitate using this, this label, but I I can say it this way. The church is a representation of God to the world, right? And to yeah. its own members. Like yeah. other pe- other church members are that same representation right. to one another. So when someone in the church, a leader, for example, does something inappropriate and the church does nothing, what message does that send to not just the rest of the church members, but also to the victim of that person who did something wrong? So. When you see discipline as something, and justice, I see justice and discipline working interchangeably within the context I'm talking about here. But the idea is, you are not just restoring the the. This isn't just about restoring the discipleship of um, the person who did something wrong. This is about restoring the discipleship of someone who was wronged. Yeah. Um. And if they never face consequences for their actions, how will they ever? Like there, then there's the idea. There's the, I get off scot-free. I keep getting to do this. I mean, we see this with college students all the time or with, with high school students. If you give them a warning, that's a free pass. That's like a, I get a free, I get a, I get a free, Sweet. um, yeah, I get a free go at this. I get to get caught once get and of, then get I of, get Yeah. Get out of jail so free card. That's the, like, that's how they see it. And that's how people see it all the time. If I can keep getting away with it, then why wouldn't I keep doing it? Yeah. Um, and like that's how people start stealing, right? I stole a little bit here and there, and then that turned into more. And I realized I can get away with it and keep getting away with it. Yeah. Um. That's how addiction starts. That's how because it, it you know well it's not how addiction starts, but it's how addiction kind grows. of grows into more yeah. as your as your body builds up a tolerance for for things like drugs. So, um, it's not just in it's not or just restoring Pokemon. the person who did something okay, well, wrong. I need you to stop personally attacking me. Um. <laughs> OK, I've I don't want to talk about it. Um, so the amount of hours that I've poured into that game and Smash Bros. So it, it's about restoring all parties involved to discipleship. Yeah,
1: 100 percent. Um, and I think that mentality is, is, is it's just telling because we can apply like how many different scenarios and say which version of, dis, of discipline was used here yeah,
0: we could. Uh is it vindictive? Is it, is it um is it vindictive? Is it is restorative?
1: Punishment? Is it punishment?
0: Punishment, which or restorative. Punishment is just making sure you face consequences with no with no kind of end goal in mind other than the consequences of themselves.
1: Uh, you know, to me I want to I'll say that for when we go down there. I'll say that when we when we yeah. when we go down a little bit further. So, um what 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 are some good examples? of church discipline that you can think of or you know of. Um that that you you feel like, okay, this is a good example of
0: it. Yeah. I honestly I I know we've been talking about Adventism, but I off the top of my head don't know of any big publicized ones that like I I am aware of and I never saw it really play out a lot in my own. My churches almost got to the point of having to do it and it never it like it It,
1: it never got that it far. Never,
0: well, it should have gotten that far, but I was gone by the time that it would have. Like I, uh, I, got you. I wasn't, yeah, it was a big thing, very complicated. Let's just say that I was never informed of what was going on. And when I was, it was already way too like progressed um, for me to be able to intervene in any realistic way. And it just turned into a nightmare, but very hard for, and I can understand it. I can just give this much context to say that. I can understand why a married couple of 20 years who are twice my age, essentially, and have two kids wouldn't necessarily want to come to, at the time, a 23, 24 year old pastor who's single, unmarried, (laughs) um, to talk about what was going on. Like, I can understand why that would be the case.
1: I don't understand that at all. Um, I would would come to that. I wasn't informed until
0: well over basically a year um, after that, that whole thing had started whatever was there started to crumble, and um, and so, yeah, there was nothing I could do by the time I was informed, and, right. and it just escalated you way beyond kinda, it, yeah, yeah, yeah but i I would say that uh, with a lot of what we're seeing with pastors who are being you know mega church pastors who are facing discipline, um who was it uh ortberg, who is currently facing yeah. discipline um for um for behavior regarding his youngest son um who was an admitted? I, I need to be very clear on this um, because I think we need to destigmatize. I'm careful on how I even say that because this is way too sensitive to even really talk about. Basically, youngest son was an admitted pedophile. That's not the problem. The problem is that in addition to that, he admitted to volunteering with all of the kids' stuff as a coach for their teams and everything as a way to stay close to, to these kids. And upon learning that, um, Ortberg never even, I think it was Ortberg, um, never informed anyone of it and just let it ha- keep happening. Like, yeah. it was, there was intentional grooming going on, and Ortberg essentially did nothing to stop it because the kid, the, the person doing it was his youngest son. And it took a whistleblower, his other, I actually think it's his daughter, his other son is transgender. So I think, he's, I think it's his daughter. I think that's right, but it could be daughter to son. Uh, I'm I'm trying to remember which way it went. I'm sorry. I apologize for that, but I'm remembering this off the top of my head, but he's had to step, take a a leave of absence. You've got Perry Noble of um, New Spring in South Carolina who stepped away. Now he's at second chance church, but for alcoholism and alcohol abuse you had. um, And a lot of these pastors, they were disciplined and removed from their positions of authority as a result, but they still, they went and did something else elsewhere, unfortunately. But I think the way that the church finally handled it when they decided to was good. I would actually say the Ortberg one is good because now that the church knows, the church acted well with the information they knew each time it happened. Um, Or each, every time they got more information, they acted appropriately on it. But anything they didn't do was only because they didn't know. Uh, Whereas someone like Driscoll, he was actually surrounded and, and surrounded himself with a bunch of yes men who basically protected him for the longest time. And then that finally came down around him. So there there are there are certain situations where like it's been enacted well in these churches and then yeah. I think others where it's good. Yeah. But I think I think there's there's a lot of good examples now we're seeing of leaders who are being disciplined for for things that they have done. And I'm really happy for that reckoning. Social media helps a lot with that. <laughs> so yeah, th- that those are a couple uh, I would say John Orperger's the most the most like frequent one in my mind and I'm going to google it to make sure while you tell me some good examples yourself.
1: <laughs> um there were a few. Um I was trying to think of one that um really represented kind of this this idea of like all right, this this from one from a um Censorship level and one from a, a disfellowship level. So first one from a cens- censorship level, um, there was uh, an individual who was a Sabbath school teacher um, in one of the churches, a leader. I don't believe they held a position of leadership other than that. I, they could have been a deacon. Um, and they were teaching... Basically, they were teaching things that our church does not teach at all, Um, and it was causing a lot of people to get in fights, Um, and I mean that literally, Um, and in this particular case, basically the church got together and said, look, hey, we really, we understand, this is what you believe, let's get together and, and study this, but basically what you're doing is causing disruption. Um, it's causing an issue. Um, and, and it, this is not, is is not bringing, it's not allowing people to grow. It, it's not that even that's causing a distraction, but it's not letting people to grow because disruption itself isn't a bad thing, but if it's doing it in a way that, that does not allow people to, to um, have a spiritual environment. So the, the guy was angry at first and very frustrated. It's just a year. Let's talk about it. Um, if we can't get together, then we'll decide it. And during that year, um, he did some real soul searching. Um, it was very lucky because the person who was in charge um, was an incredible leader. Just did it. did it in a way where this particular individual understood why. Mm. And they said, this isn't about you. This is... We're seeing the effects. Let's get together. Let's say if there's a way, because if this is where God's supposed to be moving, this is not the result. You know, this is not the result. And they use scripture to back it up. It was, it was really cool the way they did it. Um, And so once that happened, that censure happened um, before even the year was out, he had apologized um, publicly. I mean, he went up like they didn't ask him to go up. Like he went up and said, Hey, I'd really like to apologize and just said, mm. you know, I've been causing issues and, and I see where this had gone now and and my passion for um you know the sovereignty of God and understanding where God is, um, you know, trying to trying to study, I go, it led me in a direction where it was it was causing mm. um divisiveness, I think it's a better word. Um and so when that year was up, um he went right back to teaching and to my knowledge has never caused an issue hmm. again. Um, I kind of lost contact with with that uh church after a while, but I you know that to me I think was a great example, uh, like a perfect example yeah. of like hey this is this is exactly it. Um, another great example, and I wish I wish I could. Unfortunately, I didn't, couldn't contact people to use their names. Um, but this is a, a another really good one. Um, this is a church. It was a while ago. I want to say it was. 20 years ago, um, maybe a little bit more, um, this particular individual um, was struggling with, I want to say alcohol. Um, and I don't mean like they were drinking, I mean like they were an alcoholic mm-hmm. um, and it was causing issues with their family, it was causing issues. You know, they would show up to uh, church um, just. You know, absolutely plastered out of their minds. Um, And it was continual. It was continual. That was the thing. Like, it wasn't like, oh, they showed up. It was like, this was a lifestyle they had. And so they said, look, for your own benefit, um, you you can't connect with God when you're so drunk. Um, And so we were going to, um, I believe it went through censorship. I can't remember. They couldn't, they wouldn't kick it. They didn't kick it. And I think it was that kind of thing where they kind of got a free pass. An idea and so they said, you know we're gonna we're gonna disfellowship you um, and that was the t- phrase at the time we're gonna remove you from the yeah. books um what was amazing was they they visited this particular individual um they even though he was non- wasn't allowed to um be on the books like they said yep. you know they would welcome him to church um they didn't he didn't show up at first it was a guy um uh, it was a male, and uh he didn't show up at first. Um, but after a while, um, started coming back, um, that kick of seeing how serious it was for them, led him to go to rehab. That rehab, um, eventually gave him, it, it just gave him that push. Nice. Um, and so not only did they end up giving up, you know, uh, be able to, to kick alcohol as, as an addiction, um, but they ended up coming back to the church and ended up being a leader. I'm pretty sure they were an elder. Wow. Um, at this church. So it was one of those things where it was like, wow, this is a perfect example um yeah. of what it's supposed to do because the church did not abandon yeah. them. They didn't just kick them out. They weren't just like, bye. But they literally yeah. said, like, Oh, you can totally come. Like, we want you to be a part of our family. You're a part of our family. Mm-hmm. We just can't have you yeah. be a member.
0: Well, and and I that actually made me think of something too. Um, and this has to do with the situation that I mentioned earlier in my own church that I wasn't able to follow through on. Um, one of the reasons censorship ship is so important is the other thing that it does is blocks you from transferring your membership. So yeah. if you're a member in regular standing, you can just pick up stuff, Bye. move town, and say, I'm transferring churches. Censorship allows a church to basically prevent that. You can still move, but you're not going to be able to.
1: Until that's over. Correct. And until censorship
0: is yeah. over. And you either go back or you miss out de- the chance to defend yourself. Um, so you have you only have two options, really, if you're on censorship, which is a, um, deal with it, or b, um I guess you have three options. never really become a full member of whatever church you're attending with, you know, voice and vote in church matters. Um, or c, renounce your membership voluntarily on your own and then try and get back in. The problem is that when asked why did you remove your membership? <laughs> um that's that's going to come up. And so, censorship, the reason that's important is if there is someone that's doing something egregious, let's say it's abuse, let's say it's embezzlement, whatever, they can just pick up town and try and transfer their membership before you get the chance to do anything. This prevents you, this prevents them from being able to go and do this at another church before the matter is resolved.
1: I remember a story, there was a guy that um, (laughs) they did a concert for a church. They wanted to raise funds for whatever project, there's always a project that you know, churches are doing, there's always something. And so they wanted to raise funds for it and whatever. And so when they first started uh, doing it, they were like, oh, you know, it will just, you know, anyone that gives, it'll be a part. And then it's like, oh, Mm. could I get, um, you know, just a, just a, you know, just a defray cost, like do a love offering. And then, oh, I'd like 15% and a love offering. And then when all that was done, more than 15% managed to find itself, but it was it's cash you know what I mean people give cash yeah. so it's a whole thing and so that person uh then there were some issues with personality very very egregious not egregious uh, uh, gregarious person uh very charismatic um and they went to but but burn bridges yeah type of personality where yeah they're charismatic and You know, gregarious at first, but then they burned bridges and they went to the next town and did the same thing. And luckily, when they did it a third time in another state um, or the third or fourth time in another state, um, that church contacted Mm. um, the previous churches and was like, hey, what's going on? This is a little this is this seems sketchy what's going on? And the previous pastor said, oh yeah, they did that here. And, and there were some, you know, some questions. So that's the reason why you have censorship yep. is, is because there are people who do that. There yep. are people who literally... Typically
0: it really only gets to that point where when either like someone's life is in danger. So like an abusive spouse, for example, um, and that even that's rare, unfortunately, because yeah. we have, we have something that I will just call, um, accused bias, um, which is where we tend to side with um, this is especially true in Adventism, and I don't have like the full time to get into it, but we basically have a soft spot for whoever is accused of doing something wrong, and that comes back to our How whole— How could they do
1: this? They're yeah. our elder. They're, yeah. Correct,
0: and that comes back to even the theology on God being falsely accused by Satan. We already have that kind of accused bias in us, but um, yeah, it's it, it typically happens when it's something that really is threatening the community itself, embezzlement, um, teaching false doctrines or, or th- things that the church doesn't fully believe. It's one thing— like here's the thing about Adventism, it encourages disagreement and or, or like discussion about things. You can disagree with the church yeah. all you want, but when you're up on the pulpit, you're representing the company. Right. Does that make like you're you, when yeah. you're teaching Sabbath school, you're representing the company. Yeah. Teach the company. You can talk about alternative theories as far as saying this exists. Be aware of it. You know, you can interact with it, whatever. Or but the, you can just teach a
1: discussion of like correct those original things like you know if you were for pepsi and be like all right let's talk about you know what but there's no what, saying but it's no like oh no coke is you know yeah. coke is absolutely better like you can't do that
0: yeah correct um but it is absolutely better than pepsi
1: we're not gonna get so, into that right now
0: um the but yes absolutely so there is a there is a very like good thing about censorship and discipline yeah. is meant to be Restorative for everyone involved. Like that's that's the entire point. Everyone affected by someone's actions gets touched by uh, gets touched by discipline, and that's really important. Also, two things before you say what you're about to say. Okay. John Ortberg actually did resign from his post. Okay, and it was um, while the volunteer in question was his son. Um, his daughter is a transgender male, so it's his son that actually is the one who brought all of this up about his younger brother. Okay, so yeah, John okay. Ortberg's son is Daniel Lavery. See how that works? Okay. good. Oh, and one really egregious thing about that process, as much as I said, I kudos to the church. One thing I really don't like, I get why they did it, but in all of their, in all the church's statements that they made about this, they referred to Daniel by his, um, previous, yep. By his previous name and pronouns. And, and like, that's not cool. I don't, I don't care what your beliefs on sin or whatever regarding it or gender dysmorphia or any of that. Like, just be respectful to people. This isn't that hard. <laughs> it's really not. Um, so yeah, anyway, that's a whole, sorry. Yeah. Continue,
1: Tony. Uh, yeah. So to well, I bring this up. Are we doing? Are we doing discipline correctly?
0: I think it's gonna wheeze hard, right? That's a good <laughs> like, question. who is we? In my mind, yes. Yeah. Right. I do it great. Um, in my mind, I think there are examples of good stuff that I've seen, and the fact that I don't hear about those good things the same way that I would hear about, like, the really bad publicized things tells me that, to some degree, there's probably a lot of it that's going well. I don't—the last big, 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 big thing I can think of, would I mean, is the most famous case in Adventism, I'm pretty sure, around Desmond Ford, but I'm pretty sure he just left. Um, I don't know if he was actually disfellowshipped; would would have been the term of the time, officially— or if he actually just stepped, walked away himself. His,
1: I don't think his membership was removed. Yeah, I, I think don't think it was, was
0: either, away. but I could be wrong. But like, my point being, I bet the bigger you go, the worse we probably handle discipline. That's the way I'll say that. Mm. The more red tape you mm. have to jump through to get something done, um, the, the worse we get at it. And especially with, and I will say this, I think it directly correlates with someone's, uh, someone's position of power that gives them enough power Mm. To be able to deal with it and sweep it under the rug, deal yeah. with it privately, move someone, that kind of thing. So the way, like a lot of priests get moved, and diocese get moved because of, uh, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. so the that that's a kind of thing. So I think the more local you get, the more effectively this works. When you start to go Remote above yourself, that, yeah, yeah. it gets. Sorry. I think it gets really I,
1: gray. I'm with you. I th- well, see my thing is. I think discipline is meant to be done intimately. I would agree. and, and In I, relationship. And I, I can see where you say, because the higher you go, the less intimate it becomes. Um, to me, I think, I think it's underused and overused. I think it's overused from what I see in, in the wrong, with, with the wrong intention a lot of times, um, because it's so difficult to do. It's difficult to hold people accountable. We don't like doing that. We're not used to doing that. We don't get really trained how to do that. Mm-hmm. We're not really trained how to do conflict well. And then I think a, a a even a bigger part of that is to do it the correct way requires a balance between correction and accountability and love. So we're not throwing you out in the cold, but we're also not allowing you to continue. Mm-hmm. My other thing isn't, you know, and I'll probably get in trouble for this. I, I look at this list of things that we should. I think right away there are three. Alcohol, drugs, and tobacco. Um, I think that those are shallow reasons. I think if they're being abused. My thing is, if you use any of them, you can get put under church discipline, and I think that's a shallow reason. Um, I understand I think that it, this I think it's not... based
0: on a, a faulty, incomplete understanding of what the use of those actually represents and, and I think, it is.
1: And to me, I go back to, if the purpose of it is to cause people to grow in their relationship with Christ— Um there are a lot of other things that I think we should Mm -hmm. hold people accountable for. Um, I was at a church. There was an elder. There was a story told to the pastor before me that one of the elders during an evangelistic series came up to a visitor, a non church member and yelled at them, yelled at them for their, what they were wearing. Okay. They were still an elder, at the church when I got there. hmm Now, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus in the situation, but that tells you how difficult discipline is because technically you could say that was maybe disorderly conduct. You could say that that was... Um,
0: well, it doesn't matter because at that point they're still – like they did it as an elder. It's a leadership role, a not just a member it, who did something. But
1: that technically doesn't fall under something. Correct. discipline. Um, there There's so many things to me that I think we should be using discipline for if we understand it from the way that we mm-hmm. technically say we understand it.
0: Go ahead. Sorry, which, I was going to interrupt no, no, you. No, no, yeah. which,
1: which, which is, which is that idea of right, and to read that phrase again, discipline should be considered not an act of punishment, but an attempt to restore people to discipleship, to growth yeah. in Christ. And if that's what it is, I mean, we should attack pride a lot more mm-hmm. than we than alcohol, tobacco, or drugs. Yeah, I, I think, I think we understand. Well, I think
0: you run into two problems with discipline in a local church setting. Number one, the more power someone has. But number two, the larger you get, the harder cent- I don't think the censorship, the cens- censorship. Wow, uh, model is designed for any churches above. I almost want to say a hundred members, but yeah. really, I think yeah. it starts to fall apart because, like, if you went if you grew up going to an Adventist school, you know this. You know this well. When you're in a small school, everyone knows everything that's going on, and it impacts everyone.
1: There is literally no way it doesn't.
0: But when you go to a bigger place. Like, imagine going to university as a college student and every time there was some big discipline that happened following this model, you have to have the entire school come together and now you have to publicize this major issue that is likely, like, and now people who never needed to be affected by it, people who never needed to know about it, now know about it um, because you're following a model that does not and what
1: really wasn't created for the situation you're in. I mean, I remember... At a particular institution that both of us have attended. Uh <laughs> when two kids were caught doing and selling weed over um over Is
0: doing weed really a phrase?
1: Yes. They were doing this
0: weed. This is the first time I've heard doing weed. I don't I've heard know smoking f- weed. I using don't know. weed.
1: I don't, I don't know. Well using weed. Let me put it that way. I right just there. haven't they heard they doing weed. weed. I was like <laughs> And thus the semantic wheel has been spoken Absolutely. Of. Um but yeah, like they were caught using weed and, and selling it um over one semester and and it turned into a giant thing because they had to be escorted from the room and the whole dorm learned about it. And that was not the intention of the institution. They they, they tried to handle it the correct mm-hmm. way. The 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 young men in question um did not follow through and, and they made it a big deal. But I remember that because now all of a sudden I'm you know, I'm affected. And yeah. somebody went and and trashed another room and left a bunch of uh objects that that ended up smelling quite a bit and rotted. Um, so my entire hallway smelled for the rest of my semester. You know what I mean? And it sounds like it's a dumb thing. Yeah. But I was affected. Like the entire dorm knew about it. And there was there was rage and anger and yeah, about the way it was handled, and then there were people who were angry that it's like you know, well, why are you guys, you know, it, it caused a stretch in where, like, it didn't need to be because they put it in 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 a in a manner where it couldn't be handled. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just had to be in that way. And I think, what if everything was that way, though? Now, in mm. that particular instance, it was there, you know, that, that was nothing the yeah. institution could do. But what if it was the rule of that institution to do it every single time? Like yep. as a rule, they had to bring them out publicly and say, "Blah,
0: here is this person you don't care about, and all of the drama." Now we're making you waste an hour or three hours on a Saturday afternoon, yeah. or a Sunday, or a Tuesday night, and you have and to, you have to decide. decide on this thing and that you know, don't care about. I,
1: I, and and I think that that it it causes. It's meant to be intimate. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be intimate. And I think, and I think the way that we we think about it is. I love the fact that we say it. I wish we taught it more as really as a religion mm-hmm. in Christianity. Um, you know, I think about that pastor that ordered hits on oh on people. Uh, McDonald, James yeah, McDonald. Yep. Yeah, I think about that and I go. The only reason you get to that point, and we talked about this accountability or something else, but I go. But the discipline that should be put on him should be to bring them to a place where they can be restored in their relationship. That was another another yeah. great example of a pastor in, in um a conference that embezzled forty thousand dollars from yeah. the church. And and he was brought to the authorities, the authorities they you know the institution pressed charges and the family was incensed. You know, where's grace? Where's grace in this? It's like, yeah, no, of course there's grace in it. But if they you know the the effect of what they did i mean that church the church that they were in, in charge of almost closed um it it there was major hurt mm-hmm. for years and distrust for years
0: i i've walked into that situation them, myself the aftermath of yeah, it it's, to just it's let bad. them
1: get away with that that's not going to bring them to a place where they can grow nope you have to hold them so I, to me i think it's so difficult. we can't be doing it right because in order in order to do it correctly it is so difficult that the numbers to me say I would
0: say we can't I would say, yeah, I would say justice is grace. and then also, and i'm I mean this very intentionally, and i hope I hope it comes across clearly. but. Grace is not always the responsibility of the church to dole out. In other words, yeah. grace is sometimes yeah. Yeah. the grace is that God still hasn't given up yeah. on you, but we have to, but like, not we have to give up on you, but like, you can still find redemption here and still experience salvation. There is grace afforded to you through Christ, but there isn't any grace here because of the egregious nature of what you have done, right? Yeah. Or something like that. The trust that is broken, that is irrevocable at this, you know, that is
1: there needs to be effort put in mm-hmm. and there needs to be consequence for the actions and and so and, and i think and i think to, on the other flip side of that yeah sorry go ahead no 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 you're good i think on the flip side of that i think it's also been abused in a way that keeps people from growing because they don't follow and it's used to try to keep people in line yeah and i think that's that's the one that we hear i think the most um is where it's just used to, to keep people in line. But again, I go back to, you know, people don't realize this. I wish people knew this. I wish every Adventist listening to this podcast understood this concept right here, right now. Nobody other than the church and business session can put punishment on you. Church discipline, nobody. As so far if, as like taking elder, away your ability to pastor, yep. if they all now, they everyone can hold you accountable but if they come up and say you can't wear that yeah they don't have that authority they don't have that authority now
0: there is something to be said about the pastor does have authority over the pulpit Correct. who's who's preaching and so I think they the, should
1: have a weight their voice should yeah, have yeah, weight yeah, yeah. so you should consider what they say but if they say well you can't be an elder anymore you can't be a de- uh, you can't hold this position anymore they don't have the power to do that. The church board doesn't even have the power to do that. It
0: has to go before the church. It
1: has to go before. And so I think a lot of people abuse church discipline or use it in a way that doesn't matter that, that they're able to do that because people aren't aware. So just know that. Now, it doesn't give us license to go out and go crazy no. and just spray paint, you know, whatever we want on the walls, because that would just be awesome. And our churches would look mm-hmm. amazing. But that's not the point. Um no, you know, it, does, it doesn't give us license to just do what we want. However, at the same time, I think a lot of times we're, we allow people to abuse their power because we don't realize what church discipline is for and what they're able to do, what the limits that we have placed mm-hmm. on it. It's not willy-nilly. It's meant to be a very serious thing. It's meant to take time. Yep. It's meant to have to sit down and think about it and stop accountability should be immediate. Accountability should be immediate. The moment that I see you wearing, you know, you're wearing a blue shirt. The moment I see you wear a blue shirt and we've talked about you not wearing a blue shirt, you know, anymore, that that accountability mm-hmm. happens right away. But discipline should be slow. Yeah.
0: I do want to point out for everyone that Tony is also wearing a blue shirt, so he is also guilty. Um blue green, I think that I I think that censorship falls apart in two main areas number one the bigger your church gets and number two and i think this is this is the point that i think i really want to crescendo on um and then you know tony i'll let you kind of close out with your final thoughts on it but uh it falls apart when you forget that it's supposed to be a restorative process and so when you vote someone into censorship you just abandon them to their problem that they have to do now just yes. fix on their own yes the censorship and discipline completely falls apart when the church fails to actually walk with someone through that journey. And so the, one of the most beautiful stories I've shared it on this podcast before, uh, from my time pastoring was, um, this also contains one of my biggest regrets from my time pastoring, but, um, was a story of a member who had, um, been separated from his wife because of drug use and alcohol, um, never faced church discipline for it, but essentially like, you know, spent, I think he spent some time in prison and, um, just, really bad situation overall. Well, the church came together and this wasn't a discipline thing, but basically the church came together, bought him enough clothes that we found a local, and we found a local Salvation Army rehab kind of rehabilitation. Think of it like a halfway home, but not for, not necessarily criminals, but it's free to do. You just have to have the right clothes for it. They have a lot of, um, they give you a job while you're there. You go to meetings, there's church there on Sunday mornings. Like it's a big thing. It's awesome. It's amazing actually, right? We put him in a, you're there for six months We put him in that program and um, the most beautiful thing was a member basically adopted him at that point and was there um, not every week, but basically at least once a month when they were allowed to, by the, by the center to visit, they visited him. They talked on the phone with him from the, he wasn't allowed to have a cell phone, but like from the, from one of the, you know, not pay, basically pay phones in the place. Um, Like she walked next to him through, she basically, yeah, she basically adopted this grown adult and and walked with him through the process. Yeah. My biggest regret in that is that I never went to visit him, and that was a failure on me. And but like that for censorship should be what happens. Not necessarily that someone adopts you and visits you once a month, but like there should be a process of yeah. what your church will do yeah. intentionally to restore a member to the discipleship that they were they were once committed to. Right? That's so. If you just vote censorship, abandon them for a year, and then look to dis, you know, remove their their membership a year later, like that's that's just that's
1: not what discipline is. This is not it at all. Discipline isn't even really to make a problem go away. That's a that's a secondary yep product byproduct. The main purpose of discipline is is to bring someone in in back into relationship with Christ.
0: Mm-hmm. And. What And so the question becomes, in doing what we're about to do in discipline, what is the best way to accomplish that? And what do we do as a church that helps bring that about? That doesn't mean that you let someone, you know, part of the problem can be that they're sucking up resources and just hurting people over and over again. Um, So what can be done within reason to, to support this person through this process without letting them deceive you again? Or, you know, what boundaries do you put in place? Things like that. But censorship gives you the space to actually do with it. In other words, the when you start censorship... It's not just a year-long probation period for them. This is a year-long time for you to say, "Put pedals to the metal" and say, "We're dealing we with this. this."
1: Yeah. How do we deal with this? We are as committing a as
0: a church body, as a family, to walk with you through this problem, hold you accountable, and if at the end you still decide that you don't care, and if you reject any any outreach from us and any any you know way for us to help you get back on the right path, then yeah, there's only going to be one thing left. You will have chosen whatever it is you're doing yeah. over this. And our vote to remove your membership is just an acknowledgement of your decision. Like, so if you're if you have no interest in journeying with someone through their, through this issue as a church, then you have no right. Then you have no business disciplining them to some degree. Like that, that's, yeah. that's the sad reality of it. And that's a harsh stance, I guess, for me to take, but I just, the, the, the times that we just let some, let potential and discipleship go to waste because we're just trying to get through a problem rather than, Help, find, help someone find salvation and restoration. It's just, it's yeah. mind boggling to me. So, yeah. Um, so I guess that would be my biggest thing in the way that I would call for change in this um, area and the way that we in local churches handle it. And I hope that those listening can be an advocate for that style of intervention moving forward. Um, but Tony, any final thoughts from you as we close out?
1: There was a situation with an individual um, when I was pastoring who they were, manipulative. Um, they were in a, a leadership position and they basically took a stance that was so divisive that, um, they not only lost their position, but they ended up voluntarily leaving, um, the church and it was nothing. And they, unfortunately they, and I won't say why, cause I don't want to you know reveal too much, but they basically put themselves in a position where I could not minister to them mm. as their minister um as their pastor um for a variety of reasons but i I just couldn't do it and it was sad to me because why church discipline is so important and why we do need it um if this individual had been confronted early on before it had gotten to the point where so much ego was involved, before it had gotten to the point where there was so much um, resentment and and people, because it had been allowed to grow and fester other people whose whose position and job and, and not job necessarily, but it was not, they, they tried to help and in doing so made the situation worse because they did it the wrong way. And if church discipline had been enacted correctly, um, that their whole family would might have been able to had a better ending to the story. Mm. That to me is the importance of it. Um, we like to pretend. I wish that we could get to a point where we don't need it. Um, but unfortunately, there are times where it is. And if it's done the right way, I think it's so important that we do it the right way because our entire focus should be in bringing people to discipleship. I mean, really that's everything. Evangelism mm-hmm. should be about that and, and um, outreach and ministry, everything about it. And when we talk about church discipline, I think it should be used for that because you can, you can, when done right, have people's stories end positively.
0: Absolutely. So with that, Um, We'd love to hear your thoughts on church discipline. So reach out to us uh, via our contact info in the show notes. You can email in. Um, But thank you guys so much for listening. And we will hopefully, if I can get back on track, see you in a couple weeks. Thanks.